Welcome to the land of recording, where we speak into microphones and our sounds are recorded. I mean, that's how it works. I mean, that we is have exactly how it works. We have the technology. Yes, we, have we do. The yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. <laughs> Resistance is futile, y'all. Oh, Lordy. Welcome, welcome. What a way to start a new episode of Engage. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again because he's a glutton for punishment and he's got nothing better to do out here in listener land, my good friend, Lieutenant Commander Eric. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well, and you're absolutely right that I have nothing better to do. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have to tell on yourself. I but... mean, make me sound like a boring shut-in. It's okay. That's what I am. Well, I mean, look, look at you. I mean... You're rocking like a, a trendy looking t-shirt of some kind. You got like your Star Trek swag behind you with a little bit of Bill Shakespeare to keep you company for good measure. Yeah, and some, some Godfather over here. That's right. And you got a little yeah. tiny cue just to make some mischief, make life yeah. interesting. That's where he is. And then right That's next to it, I got your little com badge that you gave me. That's right. Was that the Picard one I gave you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Picard one. Look at that. Just hanging out right next to him. That's right. Oh, man. There, there's some mischief that's about to happen with um, Picard season two. I mean, like the fact that Q and that Picard era combat are right next to each other. Shenanigans are about to ensue, my dude. I mean, it wasn't a coincidence that I put them on the shelf right there next to each other. Well, there you go. Well, there you go. Well, we are um, we're back for um, um, round two of this, and um, if y'all are listening to this, um, y'all just. Um, y'all are in for a, a double feature with um, our first episode coming out a little bit later than expected, uh, but that's okay. So I hope you're enjoying the double feature of um, episode one and now episode two of um, Lower Decks um, Engage episodes. Um, so before we get too far into the actual discussion of like the content for today, uh, this is not a spoiler-free um, episode. So um, if you have not seen Lower Decks season two, episode two, um, I highly recommend you go watch it, pause it, and come back and hear us talk about it. Um, if you don't care, that's cool too. But um, now that we have those formalities out of the way, man, what in the world have you been up to this last week? What's been going on in Eric's world, dude? Uh, first full week of school. You know, we had the half week last week. First full week. We're fully into the swing of it. The chaos that ensued in the upper school hallway has died down right everyone's getting into their lockers and they they know where to be on time so that's great we're not starting class late you, you should have seen the chaos of the first day some people were taking like 15 minutes in between classes to go from hmm. one room to their locker switch out their stuff and get there Whew, but now we're like five minutes on the dot there we go do you do you still remember your locker combination from high school i don't um, I remember that Ricky Khan, if you remember him, I, I was, remember my locker, was my locker partner for all four years. Um, but, yeah, I don't remember the combination. You had a locker partner? You didn't? No. Everyone had, a, everyone had a locker partner in high school. I did not have a locker partner. You must have been the one person. <laughs> that, remember, they just didn't use the locker one of the two. I mean, in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade in middle school, we each had our own lockers because there were enough of them. 
But in the high school building, we were in that one hallway. Everybody was in that one hallway there, up right up front. Um, the and we all had locker partners. The um, not the English wing hallway, right? No, it was the English wing hallway because on the other side was the math wing hallway where you had like Mr. Carmody and Mr. Tartoni okay. were on the yeah, other yeah. side, and we were in the English one. Okay. Well, I get. I don't know. For some reason, I don't consider like. Okay, so okay, so for all y'all in listener land, you have no idea what the layout of Grand Blank High School is. We're about to give you a crash course in some navigating of the school, at least how it was circa two thousand one to five. Um, so a bus stop, right? You go, you come in from the bus stop. Library's there on your left. That first hallway is that the that what you're talking about? Yeah. So from as you walk in, the library's on your left. Right, and, and that first hallway. First hallway on your right. Yeah, that was our yeah. hallway. Okay. Yeah, and then like, you know, you walked halfway down in the middle of it, and there was a connecting thing to like the next hallway. Right. So for and some it was reason, like repeat was like doubled on each side of the library. Yes. So yeah, like our class, most of our, most uh, most not all, because I there were some people from our class that were in, like, the um, like the kind of like the. The Mr. Bomley area, the um, like the the language art shop kind of hallway leading down to the the some of them were, were over yonder. Yeah. So I don't know if they were like the late folks that just weren't cool enough to be with us or what, but um, for some reason, okay. So that that first hallway, right, that had that had our lockers. For some reason, I don't I didn't consider that like an English wing, even though you're right, it is the English wing. I think like, that's where I had that, every single one of my English classes in four years. That's so interesting because all mine were one one hallway up, like oh, where wait, Mr. Popovich, Popovich, okay. Butsu, Trembley. Okay, uh, so I had I had Miss Horvath for freshman year, and she yeah she was up in that um that, that next second hall- wing, but like um Miss Hall, um what was the guy who was the English department chair? I forget his name. Mr. Trembley was that who it was? Was that I don't know. Well, I mean, he. Oh, I'm sorry. He retired. Um, I think at the end of our freshman year. Uh, yeah. He had a I, he had a crap load of Pez dispensers that lined. No, not that guy. Okay. <laughs> not that guy. Um, yeah, I forget his name. I couldn't even. I couldn't even. I mean, think of it. I could look it up, but I'm sure people listening are not that interested. Probably not. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. I don't even know where we were going with that. Um, but you were, well, you were talking about lockers. That's what you were yeah. doing. Yeah. But, yeah, I remember uh, my locker was right across from Miss Stewart, who got married and became um, Miss Grismkowski or something like that. Stewart was best friends with Butsu at, at Grand Blank. Neither if, of those names ring a bell. Okay, cool. Good talk, everyone. This is great. <laughs> yeah. I love where this is going. Uh, yeah. So, lockers. I remember, um, so I think it was last week that we were talking about charter school because you said that you had just started a charter school. And uh, the one I went to, Warwick Point Academy, which by the end of the year became Woodland. Warwick Point Academy became Woodland Park Academy. And um, I hated it because I just come from um, uh, sixth grade where they had the half lockers. And the junior high that I was going to be going into, you were going to have full lockers. So Azel Junior High was going to have full lockers, and I was, like, so excited. And then I get into eighth grade. I skipped seventh, went straight to eighth, and we had half lockers. 
at the charter school, and I was like, Dad, gum it. Come on. Now I just want my full locker. I want to be a big kid. I want to be cool. Yeah, and we not- have, yeah, sorry. We have half lockers, and, like, they really didn't plan this out. Like, there are some really short people who have tall lockers and some really tall people who have bottom lockers. It's quite comical to watch sometimes. <laughs> that I mean, that was me. I mean, I had... I was like one of the taller kids in my classes, right? Like for both sixth grade and eighth grade. And um, I was usually on the bottom, like the bottom locker. And like the, there was like this like little, I was this smaller smaller kid. Um, that was, I was going to say pipsqueak. I, I just said it. There we go. Um, anyways, he had the top locker like right above me. And it was, it was like almost like Laurel and Hardy, like kind of comedy. How, how it was it, looking. How does it feel to be a tall person? I've always wondered what that feels like. I mean, I don't know if I'm actually I, tall. I'm not. You're six foot. I mean, but is six foot actually tall or is that yes, average? Six, six foot. No, the average height for ma- men in the United States is five, nine and a half. Are you serious? Six, yes. What? Back the truck yeah. up. Come yes, on. The average height for human men in the United States is five, nine and a half. In All the right. entire world, it's five seven and a half, which is exactly how tall I am. Average height for a man. Wow. On the nose, according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the average adjusted height for American men, twenty years and old, is up uh, and up is sixty nine point one inches. So that's, that's five. about five foot nine inches. Yes. Good grief. So if you're three inches taller than that. You are tall. Wow. Wow, like you're blowing my mind right now with like these, these science facts or stuff or whatever. Science. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This is weird. This is weird. So wait, am I, am I, am, I guess I'm a minority then because I'm taller than uh, the freaking average five foot niners, those 69 incher ones. And I'm shorter than them. Wow. Wow. I don't even know where to go from here on this show. I don't even know what to do. I'm like rethinking my whole life. I'm having like an existential crisis you, right you now. You had to know that you were t- No. I mean, come well, on. You had to know. Okay. I seriously thought that six foot was like average height for men. So like I never, I've like, anytime I've, I've thought of like tall people, I've thought of like, like the six foot threeers. Okay. Like, thought of people like Andy Ames or Zach Gibson. Yeah, and like other folks that I went to even before coming to Michigan. And then like I heard about Shaq and I'm like, okay, yeah, Shaq is like ginormous. That's tall. So yeah, like all those people. And then the um the twins, the swimming twins that I couldn't stand, um, at Grand Blank. Um I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of their names. Anyway, I couldn't stand them. I did not like them at all. Um I think I think they were on the football team too, weren't they? No. Okay, then okay, we're we're good. Man, this is like man. But like no, but seriously, like I seriously thought like six foot was like an average height and like that Then you must have thought I was like a munchkin. No, like I thought we were pretty close in height. Like even like we, looking we at the picture. almost five inches difference. <laughs> like, come on. We're not the same height. There's a half a foot difference between us. <laughs> I was just looking at the picture from when you were here. Uh, back closer to December and uh, and just like I mean it doesn't look that 
that much of like a, a of a disparity in height by any means. Good. This is almost half a foot. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, good talk, everyone. So you've been you've been enjoying the comical adventures of uh, of lockers at your yes. school. Yes, I have. Awesome. All right. All right. What have you been doing, Chase? You always <laughs> ask me how I am, and I feel like I forget to ask you how you're doing. Uh, you know, it's because you're a horrible friend, but, you know, I'll let it pass. Uh, yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> um, so I, uh, real talk, a um, couple things. So um, this week has been busy, like crazy busy. Um, you started school uh, last week. And um, I'm about I'm about to be starting school. So um, as a instructor for crying out loud, um, it's kind of nerve wracking because like I've been getting all these like emails from the school, like all these faculty updates. I've been getting some. Um, um, it's not I don't think it's like ADA type letters or whatever, but it's basically an ADA kind of letter. Your five hundred four is that what they call it? Um. Well, it's, no, it's not. It's if it is called a 504, I don't know about it, but it's it comes from like a learning specialist somewhere at the university, saying, "Hey, you have this student that qualifies for this thing. You need to do this stuff for these things." And I'm thinking, I, this is a clinical class. I have no idea how that's going to work. That it's it's pretty tough to figure all that stuff out. So I've been um, last week on Monday the. Um, the Blackboard shell. I don't know if y'all use Blackboard or, or if you've I ever have used Blackboard before, yes. Okay, so the Blackboard um, shell went live, and I was like, I don't have everything updated. So I'm like, let's go in here. Let's turn off access. No, you cannot look at this. Not yet. And um, so like, I was just trying to like find the correct syllabus, the correct forms, and just make everything right for this class that's starting here in just a few days. And um, the students need to be looking at this crap because especially if they don't have the books and like usually like the books on the syllabus do not match up with the books that are in the bookstore for whatever reason. So it's it's a racket. But I got that already and first class will be here um, before you know it here on Tuesday. Um, and that's going to be meeting every single week. And it's kind of scary that the university actually trusts me to teach students how to be a counselor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that when you get left alone in that room for the first time with students, you're like, "Is this really happening? Is it just me? Nobody is <laughs> nobody's coming through that door to help." <laughs> oh, so there's there's that. I mean, like that was the main thing. I had like a ton of new clients that I met with this week too, uh, which was a good thing. Um, but I think it was, uh, yeah, it was after church. Uh, last week that we were having lunch at my, my in-laws house and um, I had gone in to use the restroom and there was a scale there I'm like I wonder how much I weigh and I looked and I was like oh 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 I'm like I don't like that number that I'm looking at yeah I know that feeling so I, um, I actually talked to one of my friends um, not Eric by the way not you Eric um, talked to one of my other friends and um, I actually am training for a 5K, and I started running on Wednesday, and um, I'm feeling a lot better. Um, I posted on my, my Instagram, you know, like day one, this is like what I did, and then like day two, uh, 
like what I did and it's not much but I ran an extra 0.04 miles in the same amount of time so that's good that's good it's progress so I'm I'm happy with the progress that I made just over the course of like two or three days basically so nice yeah so I'm uh, me and me and my friend were going to um, do a little uh, 5k event and a fun run in October like end of October ish I think it's actually October 30th now I think about it so yeah literally end of October and um, it's a superhero run. So, oh, I've heard uh, of those. You run in costume? Uh, we're going to. We've decided to. Yeah, it's through um, CASA. You ever heard of CASA? No. It's a court-appointed special advocate. And it's basically, um, I think it has to do like with the foster um, system and adoption type stuff. And there's these court-appointed court special advocates that go and like they kind of not really run interference but they're this go-between right uh, between like the parents and the court system and it's I've been to like um, adoption day with CASA when I was a district executive in um, Odessa and um, it's it's really cool um, seeing that like finalized and the families becoming one and like some people actually adopt like the 16 17 year olds and they're not all babies and that's that's just a beautiful thing to see like seeing kids that have been in the system for so long getting adopted so um it's going to be for a good cause um that we're going to be doing it but we're also going to have fun like i've already called dibs on dressing up as like captain america and i don't know what he's going to dress up as but it's going to be fun if you want to come and do it with me eric yeah i i can't i had an injury a knee injury many years ago that has never healed like i got had an x-ray and an mri and they said it was fine but like every time i try to run i hit like or, or run or any type of jumping where i put pressure down on the knee it like pain lots of pain and they said it could be nerve damage and they'd have to do mm -hmm. like exploratory surgery i'm like i don't think i want to do exploratory surgery open you right. up take a look around see what's going on close it back up maybe go well, in later i don't want to well, do that welcome to the party pal <laughs> have some drinks have a couple laughs <laughs> well michelle's going to be doing it uh, along with my kids they're going to do like the one the one mile like fun run which to a lot of people that's like an oxymoron but <laughs> <laughs> let's do a fun run um, and she's going to walk it um so in all seriousness, though, if you do want to come up and, and you want to like do a fun run with my wife and kids while me and my other buddy are running 3.1 miles, Ooh. you can. <laughs> okay, I'll think about it. There you go. Think about it. No pressure at all. No pressure. Just a good excuse to see you. So. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's that's my life, and um, it's about to get even crazier, just in general. So turn in my uh, my dissertation proposal this week. I will be, and um, yeah, may the odds be ever in my favor. <laughs> I have so. confidence in you. It's just a really long paper. It's just like multiple discussion board posts with a few citations. I've been I've been training for this moment for years. I mean, all a doctorate is is it's it's a B, it's a bunch of BS. No I'm kidding, it's not BS. There's some, maybe maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Well, uh, David is not able to join us today, 
um, that's okay. Um, hopefully he'll be able to um, hop back in and uh, continue the conversation next time with uh, Star Trek Lower Decks uh, when we get to episode three. So um, anyway, um, here we are, Eric. I guess we should actually talk about it now that we're you know 20 minutes in <clears throat> to, <laughs> to um, our, our jibber-jabber um, so far. So like, so like, we should develop our own saying. It's like, like, um, you know, something that like in the context of the Tamarians, like Eric and Chase blabbering on, and that's like the buffer in front whenever you know you're taking your time or something. Oh wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on. I got this. We this gotta is think. Like, we gotta think of one. I got one. Okay. You ready for this? Yeah. But it's gonna, it's like super inside joke. But I know you're gonna enjoy this. Okay, let's go. You for ready? It. Yeah. Barry Jensen at the lodge meeting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. There you go. I like it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. All right. I'm not going to explain it. I'm going to let everyone wonder. If you want to know what that means, if you want the context, you can email us. You can, you can send a hailing frequency and we'll, we'll spill the beans. That's right. Oh, Lord. Okay, now that we got our Barry Jensen at the Lodge meetings portion over, let's actually talk Trek. Um, again, this is not spoiler-free. Uh, if you haven't watched it, go check it out. Um, so, here we go. Um, episode 2, um, called Kayshawn, His Eyes Open. Uh, so we have our very first uh, Tamarian uh, Starfleet officer in Star Trek which is kind of crazy. Um, I did enjoy, like, so I enjoyed the title after this episode ended. Okay. Um, just because, um, okay, so let me back up. So the Temerians, for anyone that's new to Star Trek, okay, they are first introduced in, I believe it's uh, season five of Next Generation called Darmok, a very, very pop, wildly popular, I think it's wildly popular, um, episode of the next generation it's wildly popular it's a good episode i i don't think it's a great episode it often gets lumped into like the greatest episodes discussion well i think it is a very good episode i think there are a lot better episodes but i don't i don't want to talk down about dharma because i do think it's a really good episode right i mean it's it's very good it's not one of my favorites but it, like i agree with eric it's a very very good episode not great but very very good mm -hmm. um so, um, anyways, the Temerians are this alien species that basically just speak in sayings that really no one else understands because they're based in, like, like stories based in, like, folklore, legend, um, or, or uh, like, uh, war victories, combat victories um, that they, the species, understand. Uh, but to the outside world, to the outside population in society no one has a freaking clue which is the purpose and like that's what you kind of see kind of happen um you have this mutual understanding that's developed because it's kind of forced like they're forced to have to like learn and listen to each other which is like totally star trek uh which yeah. is why it's why well, it's a very good episode yeah um how we can learn to communicate and understand species that don't think the same way we do absolutely perfect star trek yeah there are quite a few um, um, statements, and I think I'd, um, I had said this a long time ago, 
but me and my uncle Don, I don't know if he still listens to, to the show or not, but from time to time we would actually like have like full like instant messaging, whether it was actual like AIM or Facebook or text message conversations in the Temerian language from time to time. Um, so like Shaka, when the walls fell, that means failure. Um, Timba, his, his um, um, arms open. So that means um, open to new ideas um, and cooperation. Um, what's this? Um, his eyes open. So that means understanding or he understands type of thing, which I, th- this is why I liked it. Okay. So I'm going to start. I just want to like start talking about like something that I really liked. And that's this, the episode title. It's, I, I saw like some of the trailers, like some of the teasers or whatever for like a Temerian and, and like they're really playing up like the whole Temerian language stuff. I was like, oh great. We're really going to like make fun of the Temerians in Lower Decks. All right, whatever. But then like you get into this episode and he's actually speaking English or like the basic, you know, universal translator yeah, he, he calls language. It Federation standard is what he Yeah, calls Federation it. standard, yeah. And he's actually speaking it. And like he goes back and forth, like maybe like he's on the struggle bus for like a little bit, like kind of saying like a couple Temerian things here and there. But for the most part, I mean, he's still speaking that standard. And the fact that it said Kayshan, his eyes open, Kayshan understands, Kayshan like I just I love that. Like it's so yeah. simple. It's so stupid simple. And maybe I'm like overhyping it, but I just really, really appreciated the title and the fact that he actually spoke standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was right. a little worried when I saw the trailers too. Is like, are we really just gonna go there for like a whole episode of speaking in metaphor, folktale that no one's gonna understand? Like. Are they just going to try to play that for comedy for a whole episode? Because I don't mm-hmm. think that would have worked, trying to play for comedy for an entire episode. Right, and, like, a lot of people, like we were saying, really love, really enjoy that episode. They really enjoy Darmok. Mm-hmm. And I think if it wasn't handled well, it probably would have um, irritated more people, and there probably wouldn't have been as much uh, forgiveness perhaps had the episode bombed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's just my take. I don't know. What do you think about no, that? I agree. I agree. I actually, I, I actually enjoyed this episode. I was not looking forward to it after last week's episode and the title and all the trailers, but I, I enjoyed this episode. I thought it was, it was very well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, this, this was, um, Second, so second episode, we have the first Temerian, and he's um, he he jumps on board as the uh, was it tactical or security officer? I don't yeah, know, I think I'm, he took he I think he took Lieutenant Shax's job, like the, right had a had a security basically Worf's job. Yeah, uh, I just couldn't remember what they had actually titled him. Like I know he, I know he take taken over for Shax, and that I he's think they like said now he, security, and that he's a bridge officer now. Or yeah, so um, so Kayshawn, um Mariner. Um, and the new guy. I forgot the new guy's name. Yeah, I forgot his name, too. Um, they go on an away mission. We're not going to see him again. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Along with uh, with Tendi and, and Rutherford, uh, we all go on a little away mission to, um, to this gallery of sorts, like this gallery ship. And this is, like, I was, I was very... Okay, 
Eric, there was stuff that you said in the last episode that I was like, ugh, now I can't unhear it, and now my attention is drawn to all the things. So I'm thinking, thanks a lot, Eric, throughout the entire episode. What did I say? Where they make, basically it was like the, they're making references to things, like like saying, like, oh, remember this? Or, oh, remember that? Like, we were talking about, like, the whales, like, in the mural, and, like, of course that's a, a, a drawback to... Or throwback to Voyage Home. Um, and then, like, all the things that I was seeing. So you're on, just talking about, like, random Easter eggs thrown in there that serve no purpose other than for people to go, ooh, look at that. Ooh, look at that. Right. That I don't particularly care. I don't think that makes for an entertaining show. I know there are people out there that are going to enjoy it. But to me, that I'm just, oh, okay, yeah, we get it. You've seen Star Trek before. <laughs> so, yeah. But, like, uh, I got to admit, when – okay, I, we're jumping into it. But when the the um, the automated defense system started kicking in and it's, like, shooting beams at them, Mariner has the, the Vulcan battle axe thing, whatever. It's got the rounded blade at the top and the blunt end at the bottom that Spock and Kirk fought with in Amok Time. I kind of I, – I like that. Like, I'm not going to admit I like that one. Okay. All right. And I was, um, like, as I was, like, seeing, like, so we, we're, we're looking at this scene. Like, they're in this gallery. So the first thing that's, like, coming on, like, that's coming to mind is um, the episode. Um, the Most Toys? Most Toys. Yeah, The Most Toys. Uh, I was trying to make sure I got the title right. Yeah, The Most Toys. Um, and I was, like, thinking, are we going to see him again? But no, because we, he kind of died. Did he die? Question mark. It's a question mark died. Whether whether the the blast got him or not, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Go watch the episode. Understand what we're talking about. Um, so we see that we see the salt monster. We see um, just all these other gizmos and gadgets. Did you see the the um, the Terran Empire little logo? No, in one I of the did shots? not. I did not. Yeah, there was a Terran Empire like. Um, flag or plaque it was like just this rectangular thing i couldn't tell if it was like a plaque or a flag or a painting or what but yeah it was like a, a square looking thing red with like the the dagger through um earth and uh yeah it was up on the wall okay if lower decks goes there to the mirror universe you're gonna take your shuttlecraft I'm, and go home yes yes i'm not even gonna finish watching that episode i'm just going home <laughs> like, don't do it! Don't do it! <laughs> don't do it! But yeah, I mean, it was it was there. There was there was a little Terran Empire something that was up on the wall, and I'm like, but why? Why is that there? I mean, like, I know there's there's like some very like hush hush kind of stuff with like the mirror universe and the Terran empire, but like, why, why is this there? It doesn't seem like it's something that everyone would know about. Uh, Except for like the nerds like us, you know, like the, the, no, I'm saying in, in universe, in the star Trek universe, it doesn't seem like something that random people would just know about. Right. I mean, unless you're, you know, deep space nine, (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, 
we, I can forgive Deep Space Nine for its repeated trips to the mirror universe. Yeah, well, there we go. Because it did it, it, it did it as a side story, not the mm-hmm. main story. Mm-hmm. So, but anyways, I, I didn't know if you'd, you'd caught that. So now, like, I know you probably don't want to go back and look for it, but <laughs> go back and look for it. Oh, oh, there's all kinds of articles online. It's like all the Easter eggs in this episode. Oh yeah. That I'm sure everyone's picked out every single thing by now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> so the. Okay. Just, just take it from here, cause like my mind, my mind's going blank right now. Anyway. Um, anyway. So. <laughs> we're we're following the A story. I would call this the A story, going to the collector ship. And so, all of a sudden, automated defenses kick in, right? We're, and then we have to run for our lives. And Mariner and the other guy, don't remember his name, never going to see him again, get into an argument about how they should best get off of this station. Because Mariner has to pick a fight with everybody. That's just her personality, I guess. Jet. That's his name. Jet. Jet. Okay. Yeah. And so we decide to follow this new guy, his plan, and Mariner is totally resentful. And we work, we're working our way through the ship, trying to get to the escape pods. Right? And Yeah, and we see this big old like, did you understand this reference? Like, this big old dinosaur human thing, like, wearing, like, a TOS uniform that was being suspended in the air? I saw that, but I didn't know what it was. Me either. It was just this giant humanoid thing with a blue science division uniform from the original series. Like, I, I'm like, I don't know what that is. I don't know why it's there, but okay. Hmm. It, it, was just, it was just weird to me. Yeah. And I guess along the way, Lieutenant Kayshawn, our Tamarian, gets a puppet. turned into a puppet. Kayshawn, when he became a puppet. <laughs> and he gets, they all get um, beamed they all back. Like, they're all fighting over who gets to save him. And I was like, don't tell me they're going to rip him apart and that's the joke of the episode. I'm glad they didn't do that. Me too. Me too. I really thought that's what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. There, there's a part at the very end, which I'll just say it now because it has to do with like the whole puppet thing. But I was just like, part of me was hoping that there was going to be like this dumb little kind of dad joke where he's like sitting at a bar and he's like, man, I'm stuffed. I was just hoping he'd say that. But Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We got some dad jokes over there. <laughs> That would have been perfect. Man, I feel stuffed. Oh, my God. No, no. Too soon, too soon. Anyway. Anyway, anyway, I really like that, like, last week I was very critical of the episode because what was our solution to our problem last week? Kick someone in the balls? I mean, like, what is this? Are we 12 years old? But I really like this. At the end, Mariner and Jet, is that what you said his name was? Jet? Yeah, Jet, yeah. They are fighting over what to do, and they turn to Rutherford and Tendi, and like, what do you guys think? And they come up with a science solution. We use science to solve our problem and get off the station. 
thank you for finally using science to solve a problem here. <laughs> like, why did it take so long? And why did it have to? Why did it have to involve? Um, at one point along the way, have to involve like smacking some evil Roombas along the way to move the plot forward. I mean, yeah, seriously, some evil flying Roombas. Yeah. Good grief. Well, and, and not only not only was like there the science thing, but like like you said, Eric, there's there's the conflict because Mariner does have to like whether she actually has to or not is maybe a conversation for another day. But like the fact that there were people that were willing to speak up, like Rutherford and Tendy, right, to say like, no, I really don't want to do your thing, Mariner. Like I'm on board with with Jet. Like let's just survive, right? Instead of like trying to like blast our way like off the ship right like instead of like having to like shoot and explode and punch things you know to to get out of here let's take the path of least resistance and like live to fight another day basically um which i think is like one of the the smartest things that i've seen on lower decks so far yeah i mean i think this is something that comes up in star trek uh one thing that comes to mind is the Voyager episode called Learning Curve. Mm -hmm. It's the season one finale of Voyager where Tuvok is training the Maquis officers in how to be better Starfleet. And they're on the holodeck and they encounter a situation. And and no matter what they do, they always always get the ship destroyed. And they're like, at least we went down with a fight, which is kind of like the Maquis attitude, right? At least we fought for it. But Tuvok is like, did you ever think about not fighting and living to come back another day like maybe that is the the more prudent thing to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. some Tuvok wisdom boom knowledge drop wisdom drop um, along the way we run into the packlets I hope I'm not jumping too much yeah I, I guess I guess before we can, can, before we go there can I can we stick on this one story quick the A yeah. story go for it I know these are our, our main characters. Boy, not Bo- Boimler, but Boimler's not here yet. Um, Mariner, Rutherford, and Tendi. Right. But so we have to follow them, right? I know I get that. But why is this the away team that goes to this collector ship? Like, okay, I get you want Lieutenant Kayshawn. He's like your security officer, and if there's anything dangerous, because that's what the Federation was there for to, like, move remove any dangerous things, potentially. I get why you would probably bring an engineer. You wouldn't send your necessarily chief engineer, although if this was the next generation, they probably would have sent Jordy. But I, so I get why you want to send an engineer, Rutherford, if, you know, there's anything that needs doing. But I still have no idea what Mariner's job is. Like, I have no idea what she does on this ship. Like, she's in command, but what exactly does that mean? Like, what's her job? Mm-hmm. And then Tendi is a medical officer. Why is like, why is she part of this away team? I, I really don't understand this away team here. Can you try to explain it to me? Like, what this away team was? I other than they're our main characters. Yeah, I'm I'm on this. I'm in the same boat with you, because like, okay. This show was partly inspired by the episode Lower Decks from Next Generation. Mm-hmm. How many times did we actually see more than two ensigns going on away missions? 
right during the next generation Apart, apart from apart from like multiple landing parties for like whatever mission like right ne next to never next to never right so yeah like why aren't you sending like some other lieutenants and lieutenant commanders Can yeah I, I understand I understand you don't want to send hey you're second in command you're third in command your chief of security your your chief engineer and your chief medical officer on the same mission that's a bad idea like I don't mm -hmm. care what mission it is sending mm -hmm. those important all of those important people not smart right but you know our first officer's not there. Maybe this is a mission he doesn't go on. Okay, I get that. But, like, the maybe head he's of this... Still, maybe, maybe he's um, still recovering from being a bobblehead or something from the previous yeah, yeah, episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. Although it seemed like he was fine. Right. <laughs> but, like, it just it didn't make sense, this away team, other than they're our main characters. Yeah, like, I'm looking at Memory Alpha right now, um, just kind of on the fly, and even there, I'm not even seeing what her assignment is. I mean, everyone else pretty much makes sense. Like, Tendi is a supporting medical officer, right? Okay, Rutherford, but did, did, did you need her on this away team? Probably not. Probably not. Right, like, you left one, two, three, four ensigns to pick up the slack. I mean... Yeah. They're they're full. I mean, they're full. They're fully commissioned um, Starfleet officers, so that's not an issue. But yeah, you had four. It, you had four ensigns with somebody who just came aboard your ship. Right. That that doesn't make any sense. That's a command fail, right? If you're giving, if we're doing our rating and we're doing the deltas, that's a command <laughs> fail. Whoa! Spoilers, <laughs> my man. Spoilers. Um. Anyway, well, Jet Jet Manhaver. That's what it is. Ensign Jet Manhaver. There we go. Um, but yeah, like, can we? Let's just do like an on-the-fly like um, rankings of like not not rankings like just the ranks that people held. Okay, in like other Star Trek shows, just just for the heck of it, just for funsies. Okay. So. Um, the main away okay so let's just start low hanging fruit next generation okay so usually it was led by Riker commander okay Worf was um, what was he lieutenant junior grade lieutenant, yeah, so, like at first so and he, then lieutenant so yeah Worf became a full lieutenant I think in season 4 2 no well he was he was lieutenant junior grade for the first 3 seasons I believe definitely for the first 2 seasons but I think for the first three. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought he got promoted to lieutenant after Tasha died. Uh, no, definitely in season two he was still a lieutenant JG. I know that for a fact. Okay. So regardless, okay, so Worf is some some kind of lieutenant. Okay. Um, so we have a commander, we have a lieutenant. Who else was like primarily on away teams with Next Gen? Data. Data. So lieutenant commander. Jordy. So we, lieutenant commander. And then, if you want to include Doctor Crusher, she was a full commander. Right. So we had two commanders. But she and what, was like, outside of the normal command structure, but she was still a full commander. Right. Up up until like some undisclosed time period, which she took the bridge officer test, and she was able to do more commandy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
We had two commanders, uh, two, three lieutenant, lieutenant commanders, and one lieutenant. Yeah. Okay, so that's next gen. Uh-huh. Okay, and, and people in listener land, I'm sorry if we're belaboring the point, but I just want us to kind of have an idea about this for a second. Um, all right, Deep Space Nine. There weren't as many away missions, like necessarily, yeah. but like if we're talking like, let's say runabout kind of missions. Right. Usually, usually like Dax would go on the runabout mission. She was a lieutenant, lieutenant, and then she got promoted to lieutenant commander. I think in season four. Yeah, it was like the episode right after Benjamin became yeah. captain that everyone yeah. else basically ranked everyone up one. Everyone else got promoted. Yeah. So yeah, like um, uh, uh, Bashir went from lieutenant JG to lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dax lieutenant to lieutenant commander. Um, um, O'Brien stayed uh, yeah. senior chief petty officer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and Major Kira, Major Kira, she got promoted to Colonel Kira at season seven. Towards the very end, yeah, or at the very seven. end. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she had a parallel rank of commander at one point with Starfleet. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, anyways. So, even then, like, there are, there, still, there's a lieutenant. There's at least a lieutenant commander. And, and the most senior enlisted officer you could be. Right. That are doing these things. Mm-hmm. But, but like, there's still, like, what I'm getting at is, like, there's still, like, a stacking, right? Like, there's, like there's a low, a middle, and a high ranking person all along the way. Um, I mean, even like, well, I mean, original series, Kirk was Kirk. I mean, he's going to go on all the things. So we had the captain, we had um, a commander in Spock, and, then and, Bones. Um, and Bones, who was also, um, he was commander, I believe. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Um, whether he was lieutenant commander or commander, um, at different points, um, like I know, definitely by the time we get to like the movie era of TOS, he's definitely a commander. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotty from time to time, and then you had like you know a handful of like ensigns maybe or a lieutenant here and there. Um, and I don't want. I mean, I think I think we're making the point that there there's a, I think there's a purpose for having like these different ranks, right? Like um, having like. Um, uh, what do they call them? I'm about to tell them myself. Um, like a company grade. Like there's like company grade, there's um, field grade, and then there's general grades, like in, in the actual military. So like your company grades are going to be like your um, like your second lieutenants to captains if you're like doing a land rank, like the Army, the Air Force, the Marines. But if you're doing like the maritime ranks, like with Starfleet, that's going to be like your ensign, your lieutenant junior grade, and lieutenant they're going to be your company grades. Your field grades are going to be your majors, your lieutenant colonels, and your colonels, or your uh, lieutenant, uh, commander, commander, and captain. So I hope that made sense. But yeah, that, but yeah, like that's that's kind of where we're at. And like obviously, we don't have any admirals in the mix right now. They're doing these away missions, but the fact that we have like some field grade and some company grade like mixed in is a smart thing especially if there's like a breakdown in the chain of command like you need a very clear chain of command to do stuff and i, I realize like we're probably going we're, probably, we're thinking we're thinking too hard about a comedy show we really not are trying about, to take itself seriously right but it's star trek so yeah. we gotta do it so i gotta, gotta take it, it seriously <laughs> we gotta be different from this other star something show 
franchise thing. I mean, we're not waving around these laser swords. We're using science and techno babble to solve our problems and talking it around tables. Yes. We talk around tables in this show. There was a there was a scene where we were talking around a table in this episode. Yeah, man. Definitely happened. Yeah. All right. Let's saw- talk about Boims. You want to talk about Boimler? Bo- our pal Boims. Let's talk about him. Jack Quaid. Love Jack Quaid. Do you have you watched The Boys? Yes, I think I've I asked have. you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, Jack Quaid is either Randy Quaid or Dennis Quaid's son. Okay. I forget one of those two, Randy and Dennis, the brothers. Is well, Randy is the one that was in like Independence Day and the Vacation movies, right? Yes. Okay, so maybe it's Dennis. He, lo- I think he looks a little bit more like Dennis than he does Randy. I think you're right. If only we had if the technology to find. If only there was some place we could look this up. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Quaid, tell us all the things. Randy Quaid is his uncle. Dennis Quaid is his father. Okay. And, uh, wait, Meg Ryan's his mother? Apparently. What? Hold up. Back the truck up. And he's going to be in the fifth Scream movie. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. Good talk, everyone. Let's talk about Boimler. Yeah, let's talk about Boimler. So they're like, man, the Titan, that's that's Boimler's dream job. I bet he's having so much fun over there. Cut to Boimler screaming. Right. Right. We're Boimler, on the bridge, freaking execute, out. Execute pattern Delta. <laughs> sure. Sure, let's Sounds. come around for a pass. Oh. And... And not only that, but, like, we got some more of, like, that Riker joking on the bridge kind of stuff. Yeah, but at least he joked when, like, the Packlets had fled. So it wasn't during the middle of the fight. That was the complaint I had last week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they do this little um, loop-de-loop. Um, I want to call it Hug the Donkey, just because that's from the Orville, for anyone <laughs> that watches the Orville. Uh, okay. Hey, look, the Orville is great. It is good stuff, I promise. Um, it just totally reminded me of Hug the Donkey. Okay. Um, All right. So uh, they do a little Hug the Donkey action here on Lower Decks, and uh, then we find out that Boimler gets to do this really cool um, away mission. He gets to do this away mission with some some other folks, that um, and they get to pretend that they're these uh, miners, right? And uh, go do some things. Um, go go get some stuff. Go um, go have a good time, and. He's like, but but before this, he's sitting down at a table with Riker and a few other people, and he's like taking all these notes and all these pads. That's which, totally me. That would be me. I'm gonna take some notes here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm you a, don't I'm an have a, to. I, you don't have to make a note of that. <laughs> you don't have to write this down. You don't have to write this down. <laughs> That's that's funny. Like that is legitimately funny because I can relate as the academic who took a lot of notes. I would probably actually do that too. Yeah. I mean, whether I'm in school or elsewhere, I'm usually like jotting down some scribbled notes or whatever. Um, but yeah, like they're they're on the um, 
they're they finally so they get their orders like they're gonna go on this away mission um, they take a, a shuttlecraft um, down to this planet and they're all kind of like making fun of like uh, how boring the Enterprise D was which I've heard that before I've heard that before like yeah they had like all these like um, uh, symphonies and concerts with violins and stuff why not so symphonies are fun so okay like I love so, string quartets so my favorite quick, is the piano trio but like you know so quick quick aside um my wife and I were coming up on our um, our 10-year wedding anniversary and we were kind of like trying to like finalize what we wanted to do for our anniversary and <clears throat> so um, she said like I want to do this like I want to go do this thing I'm like all right cool and I'm like I'd like to do this thing too if we can swing it and um and it was I want to go to like a like a symphony orchestra like either go to the Meyerson in Dallas or the Bass Performance Hall in Fort Worth if they have like something playing like I just want to uh, I just want to listen yeah. to an orchestra I think it'd be great for our anniversary and um, unfortunately there's no, no the orchestra isn't playing our um, anniversary weekend so we're not going to be able to do that we're going to be able to do the thing that she wants to do but yeah love it by the way there um, are some really cool um, um, concerts coming up over the this year if you're in the Texas area and you want to come to Fort Worth um, anyone listening, Eric and people just well, listening. Want to- well, the San Antonio Symphony is is going right now, and I was looking at their their list of things, and it sounds like they've got some interesting stuff coming up. Yeah, there's um, um, there's a Back to the Future concert. Like, there's like some like pops and like family stuff. So there's like a Back to the Future thing. There's uh, John Williams concert that's going to be coming up. I know it's blasphemy to mention John Williams on a Star Trek show, but hey, whatever. He's amazing. He is a genius. He is an absolute genius. I love listening to him. Um, and anyways, a host of others. But anyways, if I were on the Enterprise D, I would probably get in trouble for not doing my job because I'd be listening to like a freaking symphony every time they were playing in 10 I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. Don't make fun of the flagship. I was, I was watching uh, Tombstone last night. And, um, <laughs> it's on CBS All Access. I saw that today. Is it? It is. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know that. I was watching it on um, on Prime because oh. it just it just became free on Prime recently. Oh, maybe it maybe it was on Prime. I don't know. I, I saw it. I thought it was on. I was still on the CBS All Access channel. Okay. So yeah, um, I'd never seen it. I've been wanting to watch it. You've I've been never using, seen Tombstone. I've oh never God. seen Tombstone. I, but, I feel like my grandparents had that on VHS. I feel like we watched it every time we went over to their house. My okay. Another quick aside. My um, my district commissioner, um, long time ago, uh, whenever he said that we that you know you could that we were going to do something or that he'd take care of it or you know that he'd be there for me, he'd always say, "I'm your Huckleberry," and I've just adopted that. Like whenever someone says they need something from me, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm your Huckleberry." Don't I don't, and I, I've, th- but I've never seen it. There's a up me- until now. There's a meme floating out on the internet right now that is saying. Val Kilmer was not saying I'm your Huckleberry. He was saying I'm your Hucklebearer because it, that's what they used to call pallbearers was Hucklebearers. Hmm. So when he's saying I'll be your Hucklebearer, he's like saying get ready to, for me to kill you and I'll carry your casket. Hmm. Interesting. 
I was reading somewhere that it had to do, it was based off of Huckleberry Finn and Tom Sawyer. Yeah, so. so whatever it is. I don't. Anyway, so yeah, we just watched Tombstone, and anyway, I'm your Huckleberry. Huckleberry, <laughs> Barry, Barry Burr, whatever. Um, but yeah, like, I would totally be down for, like, watching concerts in 10 Forward on the Enterprise D. Um, so... I was like, all right, I'll let this go because, like, I don't know where this is where this is gonna lead, but like, whatever. Like, I feel like that, like they've made fun of the D like at least like three or four times since, like, around the time that, um, well, I mean, like the last few episodes of Lower Decks, right? And like now the beginning of season two, I feel like the D's been getting some some um, some pushback of sorts. Yeah, don't do that. Anyway. Stop that. Don't make fun of it. Or else Eric is going to come at you. Yes, I will. I will find you, Mike McMahon, and I will tell you to stop. Very <laughs> sternly. <laughs> Very sternly, I will tell you to stop. <laughs> oh, man. This is like, there's like I'm so. A di- I'm a di- I'm a diplomat. I'm not. Go. I'm not a tactical officer. I'm a diplomat. You said you never you never read the Harry Potter books, right? I have not. No. Okay. Another aside, and I promise this will be it. Okay. Um, there's a shirt that my wife and I have from when we went to um, we went to a Harry Potter convention here in the DFW area re- um, within the last few years, and um, it's funny because of the difference between the book and the movie. And in the book, when Harry Potter uh, finds out that he's been chosen to be in the Triwizard Tournament, he's the fourth person to be chosen for the Triwizard Tournament. In the book, um, Professor Dumbledore like goes to where like all the, the Triwizard champions are being sequestered, basically comes down to him and says did you put your name or did you put your name in the goblet of fire he asked calmly but in the movie um it's Michael not Gambon, calm he's like running down the did you put your name in the like goblet of fire shaking him yeah yeah so like that's that was like automatically what I was thinking when you were like I'm gonna find you Mike McMahon I'm going to tell you to stop it sternly <laughs> <laughs> like all right Dumbledore all right man have we ruined our listeners yet? Like, I wonder how many people have, like, just shut off. Like, I can't deal with this crap anymore. I'm done. F plus or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Away mission. Um, so we get down there, and the, these miners are like, oh, yeah, you're totally Starfleet. Your hands are so soft, among other things. And the pack, like, there are these pack leads that are just like all over the place and what what is it that they they we think they're like guarding something like super valuable or they're trying to like mine veruvian ore is what i think it was right but then we find out like that they like were stashing like these like cheese balls or something oh yeah like in the guard it wasn't a guard it was like stashing food yeah yeah and then they have to run away and they have to science their way back to the ship. Yeah, science. Let's science our way out of this. Right. Which was brilliant. Yeah. Is it fair to say that the pack leads have officially become, like, the number one bad guy for Lower Decks? I mean, I think they're the only repeating bad guy. 
Right. I mean, like t- technically three episodes now. Yeah. In a row. Although, although there was the, while we're sitting around our table talking, the there they somebody said, I didn't remember any of the names of the people that went on the away mission with with Boimler. I don't know if they even had names, um, but. One of them said, isn't this a little above the Packlet's pay grade? And it's like, Starfleet and Riker's like, Starfleet thinks so too. They might be being supported by somebody. And I don't know if this is, we're supposed to catch this, but during the firefight on the planet, the Packlet's had Klingon disruptors. I don't know if you saw that. I don't know I if that's just because the Packlet's were scavengers and they had pieces from lots of different parts of ships and they were able to get some Klingon disruptors if they bought them or or if that was supposed to mean like the Klingons are supporting them in some way but they definitely had Klingon disruptors I guess I missed that that's that's interesting but yeah like I'd be interested to find out though if that was if they are being backed by the Klingons or again if it's just their scavenging and they just happened upon some Klingon stuff which that that has some other questions kind of tied to it because how would Packleds get Klingon stuff with like the Klingons being a warrior race compared to Packleds being a scavenger race society right and we have it, to it, think it, about and we have to think about also where we are in the timeline we're not too long after D Space 9 ended which means that Martok is the chancellor, uh, uh, presumably still. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. But why would he be supporting the Packlets in this? Do you think we'll see Martok if that's the case? Oh, that would be fun. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but was the Klingon that we saw in season one? There's that one episode where they had to do the the escort that Klingon. Mm-hmm. I believe that was voiced by the same actor who does. Did Martok? Maybe. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Maybe. I don't know. That'd be cool. I'd be up for some Martok. All the things that are bringing back, bring back Martok. I just want to know, like, where they're, which direction they're going to go, because Lower Decks is canon, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure this is canon. Yeah. Canon Star Trek. So. In in the uh, Last Best Hope, the, the Picard book, which some people say that isn't canon, some people say it is, so I guess like jury's out on whether it is or isn't. But in the book, uh, when Picard is basically being forced to be promoted, essentially, and to take on this Romulan crisis, um, he leaves becomes a four-pip admiral, and he's given, you know, full leeway to go do whatever the heck he wants to do, Worf is left as captain of the Enterprise-E. But at the end of Deep Space Nine, right, which is, I think, like, 2377? Six or seven, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Um... Right, like right around then. Um, well, you know, he's still in Starfleet, but like 
anyways, he goes back and forth on whether he's an amb- going to be an ambassador or not. Yeah, well, but he shows up in Insurrection for... Not Insurrection. He shows up. In, he shows up in Insurrection, too, for no apparent reason. Like, But he also shows up in Nemesis, which is after Deep Space Nine. Right. And, and we're like, what? Like, can we get an explanation? Nope. Right, but that's 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 why I'm like I'm doing the math in my head because Nemesis is 2379, yeah, and and Lower Decks is 2380, so maybe he was an ambassador for like a hot second for the Klingon Empire. Wasn't for him, but wasn't for him, and maybe he somehow got like his his commission reactivated or something as a lieutenant commander. Um, Who knows? Yeah, because he's not on Deep Space Nine. I don't think he, but he's got to be somewhere. That or, that or he's like, yeah, I guess I got to dress nice for a wedding. I'll wear my Starfleet uniform, because why not? Instead of my ambassador robes or whatever Klingons wear as ambassadors, right? Um, I mean, I feel like we're taking like so many like side trails, but we are, we are. Strange energies, lots of understanding. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, if we get right down to it, though. Boimler brings up another Easter egg, right? Another reference to something that happened before, like I, I, second chances. Like I get it. You've seen Star Trek before. We've all seen Star Trek before. Like, but no, it was pretty clear. He figures out a way to science our way out of this, and saves the mm. Boimler saves the day. Am I okay? So I want to maybe go on record with this that. I think it's it's no it's no secret that Next Generation is my favorite Star Trek, no secret at all. Okay, I love the other ones, um, in their own way. Some I like more than others. But Mike McMahon, if you're listening for whatever reason to this tiny little podcast, please stop making Next Generation references. Please, I mean. We get it. It's a great show, and like you were inspired by it, but I'm just—I don't want to hear, see any more. Like at least not with the frequency that we're seeing them, man. Like if we got them, like maybe, you know, once or twice a season, and I get it—it's a small season. That's fine, but like every so far, every episode mm-hmm. with the second season, and I, and we got quite a bit in the first season too. But I don't know. That's just me. That's my beef. Like just leave it alone. Yeah, so, you know, Boimler, he gets transporter cloned. And now we got two Boimlers, and one of them has to go back to the Cerritos. Like, we, we all knew he was going to go back to the Cerritos, but I did not see this coming, two Boimlers, and this was the way he would go back. I'm not sure how I thought he would go back, but at least the show was able to surprise me. So I give it by a lot way, of credit for that. By the way, I did call it. I did oh. say by the end of the second episode that he'd be back on the Cerritos. You did say that. You Chase wins. <laughs> I'll, I'll collect my raisinets at the end of this. Okay. But so, do you think that we're done with the Titan now? No. You don't. You don't think so? No. Okay. I Cause think because this, this sort of reminds me. I don't know. You probably haven't seen Farscape. But I've seen like the pilot. Great I think, science fiction it. show. Um, Farscape. Muppets in space is what people call it. Right? Because the Jim Henson creature shop made all yeah. of the aliens. Anyway, there's a, our main character, Crichton, 
played by Ben Browder. Ben Browder. Yep. Right. He gets he gets cloned. Right. Spoiler alert. Sorry. He gets cloned, and the show then takes and separates the two clones on two different ships, and then in season three. It alternates one episode on this ship, one episode on this ship, and it goes back and forth. Hmm. I don't think that's what we're gonna get here, at all. Like, okay, now we're on the Cerritos, and now we're over here on the Titan in back-to-back episodes. But you're right; I think we'll see the Titan again at some point before the end of this season. I, I, um, I hope I'm wrong, but I have like some kind of sneaking suspicion that there's going to be something where like the Titan Boimler, like something happens, like he done dies or something, or like, I don't know, maybe there's like some kind of like residual, like energy something that's breaking down and he just goes bye-bye or something. And Riker still wants Boimler on the Titan. And he asked, maybe asked um, Cerritos Boimler to come back. And Boimler's like, no, 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 my family or some other sappy crap happens and he ends up staying on the Cerritos while the Titan just goes away. We don't see the the Titan anymore on Lower Decks. Um, if that were to happen, I would probably hazard to guess that probably happened around like episode six, seven, or eight. Maybe. I don't like that idea. I don't either. That's why I hope it doesn't happen. But, yeah. may, I mean, I don't know. I'm not a fan. By the way, um, some of the, the theory crafting that I've done, I did that with 24 way back in the day that um, Palmer was going to get assassinated and I oh. was right well yeah. I, that was like okay sidetrack like the shocking deaths on 24 I mean that's probably number two on the list what was number one for you Audrey no was Terry, it his wife Terry, Terry Bauer. Bauer okay like cause it was the first season and once that happened i don't think anything can be shocking because we as shocking because we know that the show is willing to do things like that there you go yeah right but and yeah. i need to rewatch that show i want to rewatch yeah, that good. i'm on a doctor who rewatch audrey right now. audrey wouldn't even make my top 10 shocking deaths fair enough i mean maybe top 10 but like definitely not top five fair enough okay Spoilers for 24, if you haven't yeah. seen it. It's been over for a decade, people. Like, Yeah. And season like, one came out 20 years ago. Yeah. That, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah, mm. we're, old, we're old when we say things. 20 years? No, that was not 20 years ago. Yeah. Yes, it was. was. Voyager ended 20 years ago. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. We are getting old. We are getting Urr. old. Urr. All right. I think we've talked this episode through pretty good. I think good. we have. Pretty just well. some other just some um there were just like maybe there was like one thing that I just didn't like. I was like, "Oh, I just don't like this." And it was the sonic shower scene. Yeah, I was going to get to that in my wrap up. Didn't like the sonic shower thing at all. But um, I don't like that. I I I it, it reminded me. I don't. I. I think this is intentional in start from Starship Troopers. I think that's I, intentional. Like, but Starship Troopers is a parody of a fascist society. So, like, it kind of works in that movie. I mean, the book is completely different. Read Starship Troopers, the book, though. Um, it's 
still boxed up over there somewhere. I haven't gotten <laughs> it out yet. <laughs> All Fair my enough. bookshelves got destroyed in the move, so this is the only one what? that I've been able to like get up and it's like all wow. just my my nerd stuff but wow. anyway anyway it works in starship troopers it does not work in star trek for me i think it's maybe pretty maybe terrible. star trek lower decks i don't know I, I i like the idea of communal showers for people that sleep in the hallway i understand that but co-ed communal showers with no like divider protector things like I mean that's like you know old school like gym locker rooms where you just have like the pole and there's like four heads four, on yeah. each of the sides <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's why I was always glad like that gym was like either fifth or sixth period for me cause like I could just shower when I got home usually yeah Seven, like, anyways, anyways. Oh, yeah, we've talked. We've talked about a lot today. Um, yeah. All right, let's get let's get into the review stuff. Unless you have any other burning stuff that you need to talk about. Uh, no, no, I'm good. Okay, all right. So, uh, welcome to the review portion of the show, where we're gonna talk about the Delta. All right, I don't know what I'm singing right now. <laughs> this is kind of weird. I'm gonna stop. All right, so we're gonna get to the Delta portion of the show, where we um, assess the different divisions and how they are portrayed in this particular show, uh, the show's episode, I should say. So command, we're talking like some leadership um, type stuff, like leadership, diplomacy, things of that nature. Um, science, of course, self-explanatory, and then like logistics and engineering, like so tech and using technology and fashioning like some kind of like bazooka out of like whatever we can find on the ground. I don't know. Anyways. We're, we're looking at like how this stuff may or may not have been portrayed, how well it maybe stacks up. So um, I think you um, had kind of alluded to science being on display for sure, which I would agree with you 100% on that. Yeah, I think both our A and our B story get revolved very, very well with science. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm happy. I'm happy for that. Happy. I love, I love that, that we did that here in this episode. What about Command. Well, Command Fail by Captain Carol Freeman, again, right? Just who she chose for the away mission, Command Fail. And then she's sitting there, she's like, I have to get my command performance evaluation review done. And it says that she needs to have trust in her people more instead of being a micromanager, which I never looked at Carol Freeman as a micromanager, but maybe but like to not even check in on your away team once command fail which she said she wasn't doing because of the whole micromanaging thing right but command fail yeah what about um what about the whole um engineering or logistics operations kind of stuff i mean i you could put that in with some of the science stuff like we have you know boimler figured out the the transporter thing and the field got put back up or the distortion field or whatever and so the transporter chief had to figure something out so you can you can give that a little bit of engineering logistics there as well Mm-hmm. i'd agree with that um i think that where where you would 
probably not give anything for command, which I'd agree with like Carol Freeman and, and like not doing too hot this go around. Um, I think I'm going to give it a little bit, a little bit more than like the dust on a lotto scratch card. Okay. More than I gave last week. Um, I, I think I'll give like maybe like a quarter to a half of a Delta. Right. Um, just for the, the talking aspect of like, this is what we need to do. Path of least resistance with like jet and the away team on the collector ship. Um, and even to a certain extent with Boimler, um, like throughout the whole away mission. So um, I think we got a little bit of everything. I think the one that's lacking the most is the leadership though. Um, but I think there's a case to be made that there's at least something there if it's not just outright on that's display. Fa- that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Which I think that might be a lower decks first. <laughs> yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Um, except for maybe like the season finale from season one, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, Anyway, uh, all right, let's move into the rating. So um, I didn't hate this episode, but I didn't love it either. So this is not a 10 for me, but it's also not a, I think I gave it like a six and a quarter, 6.35 or something like that last time, whatever it was. It was a six something. I'm going to go a little bit higher because I enjoyed it. There's more of like the Star Trek formula, right? Like, which is like basically the Delta that we're talking about that's showing up in this. Um, And despite like the shower stuff, like the sonic shower, despite the, the, the micromanaging Carol Freeman stuff on the bridge, I think I want to give this like a seven, four, seven, five for this week. Yeah. So I did not like last week's episode. I, no, will make no apologies for not liking it. I think I gave it a five. I wasn't, you didn't did. want to be too harsh on it, but this episode was a marked improvement, like dramatically better than last week's episode. It, it felt like a Star Trek episode last week did not feel like a Star Trek episode at all. This felt like a Star Trek episode. Yeah. It was crammed into, you know, half the time. And I, I think you probably could have flushed this episode out into a full, 42 44 minute episode and you know it would have worked you know i i could imagine this for the most part fitting into that 90s trek era Mm -hmm. there's some things i really liked it opened with a captain's log like can we get some more captain's logs like this is a thing that we do in star trek but that new Trek does not want to do like Picard and discovery just don't want to do captain's logs for whatever reason. Maybe, maybe somebody will bring that back at some point. I don't know, but we start with a captain's log. We have a mission where the Federation is being invited. Start Starfleet is being invited to do something and you know, something goes wrong and we have to science our way out of it. And we got a good a story and a good B story. And, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. I'm I'm not in love with it, but you know, there obviously like the sonic shower thing was dumb and the 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 there were some jokes that for me didn't didn't land and the constant easter egg references getting really annoying, like really annoying. I'm sure for some people that's their favorite part about this, and if it is, Cool. I, I'm happy for you. It's not for me. 
So I think I'm going to give this like a seven. It's solid. It's a solid episode. It's not great. It's not terrible. But it was it was I enjoyed it. I was able to watch it twice, whereas last week's was like wow. I don't want to watch that episode again. So I watched it twice and yeah, it was fun. Wow. Wow. Eric watched a lower decks episode twice. I did, yes. Wow. Like I'm not even making fun of you for that. Like that's <laughs> that's impressive. Because I know like I know you're not a big fan of the show and the fact that you watched an episode more than once, that that's very telling. So there we go. Yeah. All right. Well, we are at the end of of this. We'll be back um, again next time for um, for episode three of Lower Decks. And uh, after that, we'll basically be a third of the way done with the show, which is kind of crazy. Um, and then Lord knows when Prodigy or Disco is going to come out uh, for their respective um, seasons. But, um, you know, what y'all think? Um, all y'all out in listener land, what y'all think of of this particular um, episode. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Has this been your favorite Lower Decks episode so far to date? Uh, please tell us about it. Let us know kind of how you rated it. Kind of let us know, you know, about that Star Trek formula, like that Delta rating of, uh, that you you give it yourself. Um, did it meet, meet snuff for you, basically? Um, let us know. Uh, get in contact with us. You can go to trtvpod.com. Um, get in contact with, with us there. Um, there's some message boxes that you can fill out. Um, you can also send us an email to trtvpod at gmail.com. And if you want to, if you want to leave a voice-only transmission, make it happen. Make it so at 817, uh, 817-752-4757. Remember, there's a three-minute time limit, and your comments may be used on a future episode. Uh, we, we hope they will be used on a future episode, by the way. We'd love to have your voices in our ears, by the way. Um, apart from that, if you want to... You know, if you want to send us something like a command performance review, you can do that. Make sure it gets to the Lone Star Station, P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to us today. Thank you for putting up with our voices in your ears, um, as always. And um, as we leave here today, may you always remember to boldly go and make it so.